Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant and nourish the seeds of change. We are live today. Um, the live call-in number is 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person who wants to be a trim tab towards a kinder and saner world. Now, trim tab was a word from uh, our Buckminster Fuller, and he even had it inscribed in his grain stove. And he asked people to think about the ship um, Queen Elizabeth, and it had a miniature rudder, and you move the little trim pad just a bit, it pulls low pressure that pulls the rudder around. It takes almost no effort at all. So I said that the little individual can be a trim tab. And it's more and more visible every day that our collective ship is way off course. The way our economic system works, it takes 1.75 planets to maintain We have only one planet. And this figure, 1.75 planets, that's the way an economic system works, that figure is from Walmart. (laughs) I mean, this is a very widely agreed on figure that, I mean, this this normal that we have is not working. Um, One story that did not get um, much attention is a a new report out that shows that a half a million insect species are now facing extinction. The reason? The reckless use of pesticides, insecticides, and destruction of natural areas. And yet, and yet, just this last week, the Minneapolis Park Board um, is not transitioning to fully organic parks. There was was a vote, and they voted not to take up the issue. We are living in an interconnected world. What we do to the bees, we do to ourselves. Um, and in a time of so much growing uh, food insecurity around the globe, um, farmers are dumping milk and lettuce is being plowed under. And in Minnesota, a contract farmer had to have 61,000 birds killed against his wishes. And that was the story in the Stern Tribune on April 21st. And if it all sounds so weird to you, um, if this sounds weird to you, imagine a company calming and, and killing the chickens you're raising. Um, understand the issues, the industrial farming issues of contract farming. And for some really good information on contract farming, you can go to the organization founded by singer Willie Nelson, Farm Aid, and just look up what does contract farming mean? What does it mean for the farmers? And so once we understand um, the industrial system, we can understand the importance of shopping at co-ops, CSAs, directly and farmer's market, and also um, growing our own food. Um, and, and, and how do we find these trim tabs to move towards a living economics? And uh, I do want to take a little piece of advice from my guest last week, and if you didn't get a chance to hear the show, um, you can always listen to any of our shows on podcasts. But LaDonna Sanders-Redmond uh, said that uh, she doesn't want to be talking about what we can do or what we should do. It's more about what can I do. And and for me, what I can do is is gardening. And, and gardening is um, it's very peaceful peaceful activity for me. It, it literally grounds me. Um, and so we're going to be focusing on gardening on Food Freedom Radio for the next few weeks. Next week, we have Courtney with the Minnesota Horticulture Society. We'll be live and we'll be able to answer any questions you have about gardening. Can we make 2020 the year of victory gardens and, and really um, create um, the world we all want to live in? Um, but it's also about protecting the things we love. And right now, we, um, and, and right now we're going to be joined with uh, Toria, and she's with the Friends Plant Sale. Um, and Toria will be on the line soon. Um, uh, so for decades, the uh, Friends Plant Sale, um, they raise money for the Friends School. Um, it supports small farmers, supports native and rare plants, and much more. The Friends Sale is a living example of regenerative economics, and this year it's canceled. So is Toria on the line now? Yes, I am. Oh, hi, Tori. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. Um, great. Uh, well, explain to us uh, what happened. What's this decision with the plant sale? Oh, it was the hardest decision I think I've participated in a long time. I haven't been to too many meetings where the majority of people are sobbing. So if that sets the context. Um, as you know, we're enormous. And... When the governor says no more than 10 people can meet and we have 20,000 people coming in the door, it became a very, very, very simple decision that we were going to be unable to put on the sale in the, in the format that we know. Um, so it, it was a, there was a meeting between the plant sale committee and the school committee, and it seemed like there was no choice but to say no plant sale. So that was the decision. Um, 
the question then became, where do you go from there? And that's a very long story with many, well, many moving parts. Many, many moving. It's complex without a doubt. So uh, for those who've never been to plants, and I, I've been to plant cell for decades, almost all of my plants. Yeah. I mean, I've got a peach tree from there. I've got my blueberries from there. So my currants yes. and red currants yes. and um, all these uh, all these rare plants, uh, other family members know their names of. And I... <laughs> So yes. what? What? Um, but twenty thousand people, um, Minnesota State Fairground, Mother Day weekend. Um, how important? Um, well, tell us a little bit about the history of the cell and how important it is to the uh, Friends School. Um, the sale started, I believe, in nineteen ninety, and it started as the usual school sale of a couple of flats on a card table. And it just has sort of organically grown um, over the years. In 2000, we used to we used to do it on the on the school grounds, and then became too big and too crowded. And at 2005, we moved to the grandstand, which we thought was going to be ample space. And in recent years, we've sort of run out of space, even at the grandstand, and using an acre outside of the grandstand. We had, I think, last year our estimate was 250,000 plants, individual plants, maybe. Um, if that gives you any sense of the scale, because it's the scale is really what this sale is about. I mean, we have 2,500 different plants, um, all different varieties. I mean, that's that's the appeal. And what it means to the friend school is a huge chunk of their budget. I, can, I think the I think the estimate is something like a fifth of their budget. So it's a it's it's important it's important to the community and it's important to the school and we can't do it this year. And the Friends Cell was one of the uh, first organizations that were really strong on neonics. And a lot of people may not be aware that you know you go to a store, you buy a plant, and you think mm-hmm. it's really good yes. for the bees, yep. and it actually has the slow poison in it. And mentioned when we started this out, this new study, half a million insect species yes. are going extinct. Yes. Tell us about that and how how you guys. Tell us about that neonic and, and what you guys did around that issue. Well, it was 2014, and I th- some we started reading about it and and discussing it. There's a there's, let me back up. There's a group of people who buy, who buy all the plants, and that buying committee became absolutely convinced that even though people were saying, "Oh, we don't know if it's neonics that are causing these problems," that it didn't matter if we were absolutely sure it was. It was clear enough to us that we should we should not have plants with neonics. And then the problem was that then we had to find plants that didn't have neonics. And half the time nobody had heard of them. Um, we went to we went to it, it took an enormous amount of work that year, basically tracing the pedigree of every plant, trying to figure out whether it had ever been exposed to neonics because neonics can stick around in the plant for a while. And so you need to go back quite a ways to figure out if the plant, if the plant has, has neonic exposure. And that, that was, that became really the mission of 2014. Since 2014, it's gotten a whole lot easier. I think the growers got on board fairly quickly. Um, and now, I mean, now what we do is every time we get something from a new grower, we ask, has it been exposed? and don't buy if it has been exposed. But the the choice has become much more wide open. I mean, really, I think that, that this is one of the, from the bottom up um, movements, you know, the people, the people have, people want this. And so the growers are responding. And so uh, this friend cell has been a living example of regenerative economics. Um, you've raised money for the school, offer wonderful plants to the community, and now this huge disruption. Um, and so uh, it's obvious with so many people, 20,000 people coming, um, Just it's not safe to do a plant cell, but it's also very heart-wrenching for each one of you. So tell us about um, some of the details. Tell us about some of the issues that you're currently dealing with and if there's any way that we can help or listeners can help, any way Thank we you. can jump in. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 hard. It, the school is going to take a hit. The grower is taking a hit. So, I guess there's there were two prongs to uh, when we when we first decided what that we were going to close. The first thing we did is get on the phone with the growers, who we've all known for a long time, and basically say anything that you haven't done, don't do it. 
And then there were long negotiations about what have you done? What, what, what do we, what plants are we still responsible for? What plants can you get rid of in another way? Um, and that, that actually is still ongoing to a certain extent. So we ended up being able to not take ownership of a certain number of the plants that we bought. Mostly, most of those plants were from the bigger growers. We deal with some larger growers that are do national stuff, and it's easier for them to absorb losses. The, the growers we were concerned about were the local ones. Um, so the first, so one of the first things we've tried to do is to do as little harm as we can. Um, we'd like all of us to be here next year. Um, we haven't there. If if you go to the Friend School Plant Sale website, which is friendschoolplantsale.com, there is actually a list of the growers and where you can buy their plants from still. And I think that's really important. We do have to keep in mind who's who's getting us the plants. Then we we ended up we we had to say okay we've got a lot of plants we're going to have to get rid of and I think as I said to you at one point scale how large we are has always been a good thing and this year how large we are is is coming back to bite us because it is just it, it, there are so many plants and how do you distribute them safely has really been been the problem and i so, think the answer to that is to divide divide and conquer yeah divide that's yeah that's what we're gonna do we're gonna talk more about the canceled friend cell um plant cell that was held uh, every year at the uh, minnesota state fair on mother's day weekend you're listening to food freedom radio we are live so live with your calls 952-946-6205 Live from St. Paul, it's the Virtual Art Crawl, featuring over 100 local artists with works for sale, artist interviews, demonstration and studio tours, all from the safety of your sofa. That's right, we had to move the 2020 St. Paul Spring Art Crawl to an online format so that we could connect our fabulous artists with thousands of folks who traditionally attend the first big art event of the year. Help support the arts community by logging on April 24th through the 26th. You may ask yourself, how do I virtually art crawl? Follow the Facebook page at facebook.com slash St. Paul Virtual Art Crawl. Watch live streams, support your favorite artists, listen to live streaming music, check out Lower Town restaurants, find a few new artists to follow, and maybe even buy some sweet local art. Again, the virtual St. Paul Spring Art Crawl is April 24th through the 26th. Streaming at facebook.com slash St. Paul Virtual Art Crawl. I'm Rick Unger. You've heard the screamers. You've heard the shouters, the haters, the beraters. Well, now it's time to listen to a real conversation, a rational conversation. Now it's time for The Rick Unger Show. Listen to The Rick Unger Show every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Stream at am950radio.com or search KTNF on the TuneIn app. Hi, this is Chad from AM 950. I'm here with Ryan, owner of the locally owned Snap Construction and arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor in the metro. Ryan had to call in for this ad because he's practicing social distancing. So what is Snap Construction doing right now to provide a safe working environment? Thanks for the introduction, Chad. I am at home practicing social distancing, watching the little man, and uh, trying to get a little work done here at home. Once again, thank you to all the AM950 listeners who have worked with us in the past. Your support has been tremendous. Chad, the safety of our homeowners and our team at Snap Construction is the absolute first priority. Right now, we are offering a free no-contact estimate for roofing, siding, or window replacement. Through video chat, email, text, we'll deliver your bid to you without face-to-face contact. Lock in your historically low labor and material rates now and build later. No obligation. You can cancel any future work with no cost or penalty. For a free no-contact estimate, call 612-333-SNAP. 
Hi, this is Paul Metz inviting you to listen to a great new and informative episode on the Wall of Power Radio Hour this weekend. We feature Dr. Jeff Bakke, who's a physician at North Memorial Hospital. He actually spent time in Bethesda, Maryland at the National Institute of Health in 1987 and 1988 with Dr. Anthony Fauci, who later wrote him a letter of recommendation. We talk pandemic, what's going on on the ground, and how to keep yourself safe Saturday at 6 p.m. on AM 950. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund. Uh, we are live today. The live call-in number is 952-946-6205. And with us on the phone is Toria um, Earhart, um, and she's with the Friends Plant Cell. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. Hi, Laura, again. Hi. Um, and so, okay, so now um, you needed to make this tragic decision to, to cancel this wonderful plant cell. What kind of details are you dealing with? Um, the tiniest of the tiny, unfortunately. Um, so I said we tried to, we were trying to not harm growers. We're also trying not to harm the school, which meant that we had to find every way we could possibly find to sell some of our plants. Um, and so, as I said, we, the only way to do it is to break it down into into little pieces because you can't deal you can't do giant in the day of coronavirus you just can't so so what we're doing is lots of little parts and i can tell you about the little parts yep. um we have currently the easiest thing was we you know we, a bunch of years ago we started selling seeds at the sale because it's better to grow certain vegetables from seeds so we currently have an online seed store that is that is selling our seeds and you can go right now and buy seeds. In fact, I did yesterday. And that's at friendsschoolseedsale.com. Um, and it's easy and it works well. And I, that has, that's, that, that's been the easiest piece. Other things. Um, vegetables have been a heartbreaker. Um, when we, when we stopped the sale, a lot of the vegetables had not been started yet because they are the last to get grown because they're very quick growers. So when we said to the, to the growers, okay, stop what you're doing, we didn't, a lot of the vegetables had already, had not been seeded yet, so they just never happened. So that's one piece of the vegetables. The other part of the vegetables is something called plugs. People, a lot of the growers grow things in little teeny pots for, before they go ahead and transplant them into the bigger pots that you buy them at at the sale. And we had a lot of vegetables in what are called plug trays, so just 300 plants in a, in a tray, tiny little things. And there is not much of a market for that. Um, and the easiest thing to do would have just been compost them all. There are a bunch of people on the plant cell committee who had a very, very, very strong feelings that that was morally wrong in the day of coronavirus victory gardens, and we all are going to need food. Right, right. And so, yes, exactly. I'm going to just stop on this, too, because, I mean, uh, we can complain about the farmers dro- dopping the milk and, and the right, farmers right, applying on the right. lettuce, but now you're dealing with right. these plugs, and we don't have exactly. standard ways of distributing them, right? So mm-hmm. what, what are you doing, and, and, you know, what can we do right now? Well, that's that. So what we are doing, and and I'd like to say that this is really, this is not making any money for anybody. This is purely out of a sense of this is the right thing to do. We are distributing them next Friday. There was a trial run yesterday to anybody who is doing community gardens, anybody who is growing for food shelves, who is able to deal with plugs. Um, they should contact us also at info at friendschoolplantsale.com and i know and i'm gonna st- get you some plants i've been doing a um a garden uh which is now done by open door um which is a food shelf so growing for the well, food shelf and i and i know that uh, that there's always a need for plants i mean there's there's well, a shortage of plants in that community so um so i'm sure they'll yes. be reaching out and uh yes, so that's do. that is really exciting about those plugs what other plants are you dealing with that you need uh, homes for 
in terms of the vegetables or in terms of everything else? In terms of everything. I mean, just giving people a big picture <laughs> of all this. I mean, there's so much you're dealing with, I'm sure. There's, so. there's a lot of everything else. Um, other than the vegetables, um, we're having – so we're also famous for rare plants, sort of interesting plants, sort of interesting peonies and a whole bunch of other things. Um, they tend to be expensive. So we have a group of people who are organizing an online auction for that. Mm. Um the, there is not currently a, a way to look at that, but if at some point it will be on the Friends School webpage, and I know that there's going to be a preview of the plants on May 1st. There's the rare plants, and then there's going to be a sale between May 2nd and – no, I think it's May – there's a preview on May 2nd and a sale between May 3rd and May 8th, all online with pickup the following week. So that's their hope. We're hoping to recoup some money that way, basically. And they're also cool plants that people want. So that's 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 another way we're selling. Also very safe. Um, we're doing a hanging basket sale. We happen to have almost 600 hanging baskets. How do you get rid of 600 hanging baskets? Um, we're going to do that the day before Mother's Day because it's such a great Mother's Day present. And we're just going to do a drive-by at the school, uh, I think we're shutting down. I, we're going to shut down the street in front of the school, which is over by Hamlin University, thirteen sixty five Englewood, and then people can just drive by. It's twenty five bucks. So it saves you four dollars off of a off of a hanging basket, and we're going to get rid of hanging baskets that way. Hopefully, all of them wouldn't that be great? And then the other thing, and then I've been working mostly on this is. The rest of the plants. What do you have? A lot of other plants, and the problem is again: how do you get plants to people safely, and how do you get people plants that they want? We are having a sell by sell by the flat sale just to our volunteers. So our volunteers, of which there are maybe sixteen hundred, something like that, got an email saying you can sign up to buy. A whole flat. Do you know what a whole flat of plants is? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know I mean, a, a lot of the same plants, and you have to buy at least seven flats. So, so we are we are selling in bulk to to um, to our volunteers. Hopefully, they're they're working with. Hopefully, they're organizing with family, friends, garden clubs, whatever, right. to be able to it, buy in this kind of size. I mean, one of AM nine fifty's long term partners is Mother Earth Gardens. I went there the other mm-hmm. day and mm-hmm. uh, bought beautiful pots from them too. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. actually supporting this local ecosystem is so important. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. gonna on the next section, we're gonna talk of some tips about gardening. But um, so, if somebody has an interest, how can tell us how we can follow up and how people can plug in to your uh, to the friend cell and, and your issues right now. Really, at, at this point, the, it would be the, the flat sale is really open to people only who have volunteered, and it's in huge quantities. So I don't know, a lot of people just can't manage that. Mm-hmm. Buying hanging baskets would really be helpful. I mean, they're beautiful. They're great mothers. They're presents. They're there's strawberry. There's I, I'm actually tempted by the strawberry basket. You might like that. Mm-hmm. Um, buying the rare plants online that would be great. I mean, they're you know you know they're they're exciting. And then if anybody is in, interested in doing, doing veggies for their, for their organization, that would, you know, get a hold of us in the next week because we're going to distribute those things. And week. you're distributing those as a donation. Those are free. Those, those are, are free completely to... free. Those, those are free to anybody who is doing something for the public. Um, community gardens, growing for food shelves, something something along that line. We'd love to give them away. We have mostly eggplants, both kind of peppers, and a bunch of other stuff. Great. Uh, some, some, so. Well, Toria, uh, with the Friends Plant Cell, again, what is the website that people can uh, connect to? They can sign up for your uh, Facebook pages and your email list and see if there's other ways. It's friends, friendsschoolplantsale.com, or you can email info at friendsschoolplantsale.com. Well, I thank you so much for calling in, and when we come back, sure. we're going to talk about permaculture and the green guilds. 
Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at Seward.coop. Hey, it's Brett from FYI Politics. We appreciate you listening to AM950 and promoting Minnesota's only progressive talk station. We also want to remind you how important it is to support our advertisers amid the coronavirus outbreak. The advertisements you hear on AM950 are what allows us to stay on the airwaves and bring you the best in progressive talk radio. We're not funded through some giant parent company. We're an independent, locally owned business that relies on the local advertisers you hear. Unfortunately, many of those advertisers are going to be hit hard by the coronavirus closures. So please, support our advertisers in any way that you can. Whether that's ordering some delicious takeout food from one of our Eat Local Minnesota restaurants, purchasing gift cards, or even just contacting them and telling them thanks for supporting AM950. We know times are tough, so even the littlest thing you can do can go a long way to help. Find a full list of our advertisers at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. And thanks for listening. Hi, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz here. I know the past few weeks have been incredibly difficult and disruptive. We're facing an unprecedented challenge in the COVID-19 virus. I want you to know that the state of Minnesota is putting every resource into this fight. We're being thoughtful and collaborative both inside and outside of government to keep Minnesotans safe. What I need from each of you is, is continue to do what you've been doing so well. Stay home when you can, especially when you're sick. Follow those rules. Wash your hands. Cover your cough. Don't touch your face. They're not just things to repeat. They actually save lives. If you need more information, please go to the Minnesota Department of Health website and use the hashtag StayHomeMN. Minnesotans, we've been through challenging times before. This will press us, but we will get through it. We'll do it by the basic decency, about caring for our neighbors, and following the rules that keep us all safe. We'll get through this together, Minnesota, and come out stronger on the other side. Thanks for your cooperation. Even though these are challenging times, All Energy Solar is still committed to providing you a cost-effective, environmentally friendly energy system through their zero-contact protocol. Solar remains a great value and long-term investment, but some of the incentive programs will be expiring soon. All Energy Solar can walk you through the entire process. They can evaluate your property by phone or webinar and can even complete preliminary design work without visiting your home. So start saving on your energy bill today and visit allenergysolar.com. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today, a 40% chance of thunderstorms after 1 p.m. with a high of 65. And tonight, showers may continue with a low around 43. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high of 65 and a low of 48, while Monday is likely to be rainy with a high of 71 and a low of 53. AM950 wants to say thank you to all the listeners that have supported us by becoming members. We are committed to getting through this and to supporting our community, but we can still use help through membership as we are a long way from getting through this virus. If you'd like to support AM950 by becoming a member, go to am950radio.com. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Headland, a student of permaculture, and joining me now is Elena Bliss. Hi, Elena. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. Hi. Hi. This is Alana here. Alana, nice I'm, I'm sorry, Alana, Alana. Um, um, yeah. I call myself a student of permaculture. I mean, we've been like growing blueberries for what, 20, 30 years and raspberries and all. And uh, hazelnuts came up this last year. So this year I'm going to protect oh, them nice. from the squirrel. <laughs> Squirrels. <laughs> but um, tell us a little bit about your background and what permaculture means to you. Okay, great. Yeah, so I've been into permaculture since 2005 when I got my PDC. Um, basically, permaculture is a sustainable sustainability science looking at whole system design. So everything's interconnected in nature, and that's so that's the the way that we think about food production, housing, um, social systems. It's all interconnected, and so permaculture assesses through the lens of core ethics, which is earth care, people care, and fair share. And then there's also another ethic, transition care, which means that. We use what we can now to transition towards a more sustainable future. And then there's also a foundation of uh, principles that we use. And then using those um, 
that lens, we design systems of sustainability, whether that's landscapes or organizations or whatnot, the way that we consider how the world, how we can make a world that is uh, permanent because it's, it's sustaining. It's got a closed loop. Well, and with so many uh, news stories on the food issue, I mean, the pork plants, that I, I feel like the industrial system all of a sudden is becoming more visible to everyone. Yeah. And, and, and what's at the root of the industrial system is, is a certain way of looking at reality. And what's at the root of a permaculture system is a different way of looking at reality. Would mm-hmm. you agree with that type of visualization? Yeah, I do. I think that our modern system is, is even though it's big and seems intimidating, it is actually quite fragile because a lot of um, a lot of it's based on outsourcing. Not much is grown locally. Um, we aren't locally sustainable. So our ancestors, when they first you know moved to Minnesota, um, lived more or less sustainably because they had to in order to survive. But now with the industrial systems work, working, there's a lot more. Um, uh, just yeah, there's less. There's less uh, resilience. Right, right. and even I, I've had a Tina Diffley on, on the system. It wasn't that long ago when Minneapolis was pretty much um, truck farmers around the Twin Cities supported Minneapolis. Yeah. I mean, Egan um, was the vegetable place for the people in Minneapolis. I mean, we had that system before. And so now when people, I mean, is there a way of how can we, and maybe we'd never recreate, recreate the same thing, but how do we create a system that is aligned with values? And that's the yeah. heart of permaculture is what values do we is, – is, is, that, is that what you would say? Definitely, yeah. We have to um, think about how – so in permaculture, there's a, one of the principles is that a challenge is a resource. So, you know, looking at all the different challenges that we have and then we start thinking about possible ways that that challenge can be turned into a resource. Um, so, for example, the food – you know, we used to be dependent on small family farms just to feed our cities, and now what's happened is we have these big monoculture farms, and they, um, you know, focus on specific crops. So that's a challenge, but it's also a resource. It means that we have a lot of potential to support local farmers and, you know, also have food production in our backyards and in community gardens and just look inside our homes because we have lights now that we can use for growing vegetables and plants. And so there's a lot of fun ways that we've gotten creative to think about how to have locally sourced food. That's fun. Yeah, that is fun. How do you look at a challenge as a resource? And and so re, recreating our, our local food shed, um, shopping um, co-ops and the community-supported agriculture, and then growing mm-hmm. and, and buying directly from farms. I mean, how we moved for that way with our dollars and, and we kind of be that trim tab so where we shift into a more regenerative food system. But now let's turn to like growing food um, and growing food yeah. in our own yard, which is what you're helping people do this year. So tell us a little bit about Green Guilds. Yeah, so um, when I was, so I used to live in Costa Rica, and we had a farm um, where we did a permaculture uh, impact center, and we taught people from all over the world how to live permaculture. And when we moved back here to Minnesota, it became very obvious very quickly that we just needed to continue that work. And so we started Green Guilds, which is, um, we call it an ecological design and installation company, because people don't know what permaculture is, but we focus a lot on whole systems. So what we do is we find people, um, clients, and we go through, like, what's your dream? And then we come up with some designs with them and then come and like, do a installation plan. Um, so that's what we've been doing for the last several years. And this year with Corona, we wanted to make it more um, do-it-yourself. We wanted to support people by bringing them resources to be able to make gardens in their backyard without having to know a lot about it. Uh, so we're doing kits. So we'll have different garden kits where they'll get the um, the wood for the raised bed, uh, they'll get the soil, the seeds, the plants, as well as a planting guide that tells them it's based on companion planting and also square foot gardening. So they'll get the plant, it's got the guides, and then also a maintenance plan on it. Great. And we may be doing a partnership um, with Food Freedom Radio, but because things are coming up. So th- this moving to these gardening kits is kind of a way of pivoting right now for uh, Green Guilds, right? Kind of a newer it idea. It definitely is. Yeah, because we want it to be more accessible. Um, you know, it's a lot of commitment to, to have a full design for your property. And um, in that way, uh, not necessarily everyone's ready for it. So we were wanting to get to get it out there so people could just do it yourself in the backyard, have everything delivered. We actually don't even have to install it, but we can. 
So that way we don't have to necessarily be interacting with people with COVID because we have to have the safety precautions. Um, so we thought let's off, let's offer products that people can use. Uh, very different from what we did before. Very, so and one, the same. one thing about our box garden, and, and there's a lot of different ways of gardening. There's not just one way. There's just so many different ways. But one thing I love about box gardens is I can train the dogs not to be in the box gardens. <laughs> they yeah, kind of get that. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, tell people about the box gardens that, that you are, are working on because they're um, – so you, you've got a kind of a simple – like a kid's box garden idea and how, how might yeah, this look? Yeah, so we've – We've got like we've got three main types. Um, one of them is like there's the two two of them are containers, which are like three by one off the ground, smaller containers you can kind of move around. We wanted to make something small enough that if people wanted to bring it inside, they could. Um, one of those is for kids, so it's designed um, to be interacting because a lot of kids are out of all kids are out of school now, and so we wanted to have it be an opportunity for parents to engage with their kids in a deeper way, learn how food is grown. So those ones are, um, they're, like I said, they're three feet by one feet, and they're, um, and they're about two feet tall. So kids can get in there. And then um, there's another one that's the same three by one, three feet by one foot, by one foot deep. And those ones are for adults, so they're taller. You know, they can be put on decks. And then there's the, uh, the raised beds that are, at, that are, like, on the ground. And we've got one that's three by six and the other that's four by eight. And then, and then we have different themes for garden designs as well. And the idea is that these will be delivered to people's houses, so that's possible. Yep, exactly. They're all delivered. So basically when someone orders a kit, they'll get um, the wood that they need um, in order to build the bed. They'll get all the soil, the seeds, the plants, um, the design, and um, a maintenance plan all dropped off in front of their house. And uh, the wood that we're using, we're doing a sustainably sourced pine, and then we have a resin treatment that is... Um, Used it, off, it was started off being developed for beekeepers to like make wood that's non-toxic, like a treatment that's non-toxic for the wood. And um, we found that it works really well in garden beds. So we're able to do it with uh, a type of tree that grows fast. And so we're not using hardwoods because it just takes a long time to replenish those. So we're looking at how can we be the most sustainable um, in everything that we do. Right. And did Elizabeth want to hop in here? Because I know you're uh, next to Elizabeth. Yeah, she did. She's right here. Okay. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Laura. So yes. Yeah, so um, I could. Um, so Elizabeth Dahl. Um, so you're yes. also with Green Gale. So uh, what were you going to say about this? Yeah. So I'm the marketing director with, with Green Gales, and I'm just helping them get these products off the ground. So I just want to let everyone know that these products are not going to be available until about Mother's Day. So we're shooting. We're shooting for that. Um, so that gives you a little bit of time just to think about what you're needing. But, uh, we, as Alana said, we have several different, uh, themes for these beds. So they're going to be really easy for you to just plug in and, uh, and get going once we, once we have them in stock. But if anybody would like to, to get these, I just need them to email us at hello at greenguilds.com and in the subject line put food freedom and we'll put you on our mailing list so that you can get more information and updates about this as everything is ready yeah and i reached out to you because uh, when i was learning about the plant sale a couple weeks ago and all these plants and wow and this is such an opportunity and we still need to keep am 950 on the air and all this um um, um churn all this, this opportunity um for change and yet also trying to go into this unknown of well how do we do this <laughs> and it's it's kind of it, it, it's a it's a challenge in so many ways but I'm feeling like there's such a potential time now for for potentiality and for people to, to come together and create um, a better way of relating to each other do you guys agree with that oh absolutely that was part of the reason why we started creating these products it we didn't really have these products in mind for our year. Um, this was us responding to the current crisis that all of us are facing, and we wanted to get, figure out a way to to help our families and communities be more self-sustaining and, and feel a little bit more like they had some control over their food. Instead of the, you know, when all this started, everyone was panicking and running to the grocery store, we want you to be able to have food security so that you can feel like, 
even when the bad times hit, you have something in your backyard that can sustain you or in your community that can sustain your community. Um, we want to give people the tools so that they do not have to live in fear. So that is why we are creating these products and we're going to try to put them out at a really reasonable price point, even if, for instance, uh, there's an elderly person who would like to have this in their backyard and they can't put it together themselves, uh, we are happy to put it in for you, and we're doing it at a really reasonable cost. So I can't give you the numbers on everything right now, but I can say that if anybody right. is looking for extra help getting their garden in this year, this would be a really good way to do it. And we um, obviously... Greenfield also offers whole home installations as well. So if somebody was really serious, wanting to get, um, wanting wanting to do a bigger project, we're, we're here for you as well. But we want to give everyone the opportunity to have that food security. And you're also going to try to work on indoor uh, pots as well. Yes, yes. So one of the challenges living in Minnesota is that we can't <laughs> we can't grow outside for about half of the year. So one of the things that we're also working on, these products are not, these are not just ready-made products. These are things that will come in and help you build to the specifications of your own home environment. But we're working on aquaponics and hydroponics as well. So if any of you have fish already, <laughs> this is a great way for you to start growing plants in your own home at uh, a reasonable cost. Elizabeth Dahl with Green Gills. We're going to need to take a break. Um, We're going to come back. We are live. So uh, time for your phone call, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. We'll be back in uh, just a few minutes. Formerly the Audubon Center of the Northwoods, Osprey Wilds is a nonprofit environmental learning center on Grindstone Lake in Sandstone, Minnesota. Osprey Wilds has community events like Dinner at the Lake, Maple Syrup Day and learning opportunities for all ages. Audit an environmental education college class, snowshoe or ski our trails, or learn about our wildlife programming. We're open to the public year-round. Visit online at ospreywilds.org. That's ospreywilds.org. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style, Saturdays at 7 and Sundays at 5. You know, we're all sitting at home right now, and chances are you've noticed a thing or two that you wish you could change. Well, the Habitation Design staff is here to help. Right now, we're offering free virtual interior design services. It works like this. You guys are home. We're all at home. Let's schedule a virtual walkthrough of your space. Using FaceTime, Zoom, or Skype, one of our degreed professional interior designers will take a look, tell you precisely how to measure your room, then provide you with specific product recommendations, a design plan, and everything you need to make your space beautiful and functional. So we've all got the time. Why don't we take advantage of it? Call Habitation at 952-426-3548. That's 952-426-3548 and schedule your virtual design appointment today. Hi, this is Laura. These are indeed confusing times. So much of our life, education, business meetings have moved online, yet not everyone has Internet access. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, is here for everyone. Radio reaches people without Internet. In fact, radio reaches more Americans than any other platform. 92% of U.S. adults listen to radio every week. Radio connects. If you know some organization, maybe a religious or civic group, seeking to engage and knows that a Zoom call costs money and does not reach everyone, consider a taped or live broadcast on AM 950. Perhaps a virtual not-so-silent auction, recovery support, spiritual support, business networking, poetry slam. If you want to learn more about creating a live or taped message on AM 950, call 952-946-8885 or email laura at am950radio.com. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, here for everyone. 
Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at Seward.coop. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture. And uh, with us on phone is Elena Bliss and Elizabeth Dahl. Um, they are with Green Guilds um, and uh, teachers of permaculture. Um, so one thing before we went on break, you were talking about how this year, um, previously you were working more on pollinator gardens and water gardens. But this year you've kind of come up with this pivot on um, delivering box gardens ready to go to people's homes. And people can get more information about that. Um, and you don't have your pricing done yet and how to do that quite. You've got a couple of details. Um, this would be ready in, in, uh, after about Mother's Day. So how can people find out more about that? Yes, I need them to go ahead and email us at hello at greenguilds.com. And then in the subject line, just put food freedom. You don't even have to put anything in the body of the message. We just need your email so that we can put you on our email list, and we will send you an update as soon as our products are ready. Okay, perfect. And then, um, and I'm also going to link on, I'm doing a little bit more on foodfreedomradio.com. I, um, it's kind of been a dormant website, but now I've been blogging every day on food. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, so you, people can also go to foodfreedomradio.com or on our Facebook page, Food Freedom Radio, and then we'll link to all this stuff at the same time. But I want to talk a little bit now about the emotions because, um, one thing that I found growing, A, is it's a really cool mental health thing to do just to be get my hands in the ground um and two it just allows me so much appreciation i mean after growing my own squash i don't look at squash the same they're not just things you know it's it's a living being right i mean there, there's something um alive about um our world yeah exactly so this is alana here again um we that was the other reason that we wanted to get these products made for people is because you know it's been proven that gardening reduces depression and during these times where there's so much fear and sadness and depression because we're all stuck in our homes and our like whole sense of normality is shifted it's really important for people to be able to get outside and garden and and find ways to um to make themselves feel better through interaction with earth and that's one of the things that i really felt strongly about in cultivating these products and also, I mean, the other thing is how we create our own economy and have our own jobs. Um, and uh, I know we had Spark Y on, Zach Robinson, about two weeks ago. And, and he was saying, man, I, I went through 9-11 and um, I came, I got my college degree right after 2008. Things were so crazy. But as a result of that craziness, he actually, that that's part of the, the thing that started Spark Y. So in crazy, disruptive times, there's also an opportunity. And so, I mean, um, one story I heard that uh, people went online and they said, I live in an apartment, but I want a garden, and they put it out there, and then someone else wrote back and said, hey, there's a big plot of space behind me, and I'd love to have you garden here. You know, so how we can Mm -hmm. make these shifts, and are you seeing some of that? Yeah, yeah. I want want to say, too, that the metaphor of, you know, the diamond is created under the most pressure is something that I've been kind of going back to every time I feel a little bit stressed by what's going on or a lot stressed you know, with all the kids that we're balancing, then I feel like this is an opportunity for me to get even stronger and become more and more beautiful. And um, so that's something that just, you know, bring up kind of like with your point. And then as far as people getting connected and having more opportunity to do things together, you know, in the one way I see that online more because, you know, there's a lot more connection with like webinars and people interested in the Facebook groups and things like that. Um, It's a little harder now with, uh, you know, social distancing to be able to have those connections outside of the home, but um, but yeah, we have a, um, we decided to create an online group called the, the Green Guild of Minnesota, and that's a place where we want people to be able to come and ask their questions and engage in ways to find out more about gardening, figure out resources like if there is a lot somewhere, you know, maybe we can share that for green 
for like the community gardens. Also, we want to have people know that, that that's where they can go for support for the gardens that we sell them or the products or, or designs that we do. Um, and one thing, too, is that people have gotten more excited about growing food in general. We also work with chickens and bees um, with our whole systems. So we've got a lot of interest in our passive solar chicken coops as well. So that's something that um, has been really cool because we have less, two years ago, we produced eggs, the chickens produced eggs all winter with no input except for a light, and it wasn't a heat source. So that wow. was really exciting for us. Yeah, because we we love chickens and we want them to be comfortable, but at the same time we don't want to use a lot of extra energy or resources for them. So um, so that's pretty exciting. And then we do systems, uh, food production for the chickens. Uh, so, yeah, that's been something that's been coming up more as well. And um, one of the designs that we're working on right now is, super exciting because it's greenhouse chickens um as much production as possible on a piece of land and that gets me really excited because i'm like thinking about how these all these things interact so for example in our backyard our chicken uh the chicken bedding fertilizes our fruit trees and then the fruit trees thrive even more and then the chickens we use them to control the weeds and we put them in areas where we want them to like take the weeds and the pests out you know through their natural process of of like digging in the ground and eating stuff, and that's one of the key principles in permaculture. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm using I'm going to use the phrase two birds kills kill one stone with two birds." That that's, that's, that phrase seems crazy, but but when you can take one action and have multiple benefits with it, like the chicken naturally uh, fer- uh, naturally um, aerates, and then you can use its manure to feed your plants. That type of yep. um, is. Um, a closed loop systems almost where they're, they use, so you do you rely on chemicals and fertilizers? No, not at all. We don't use any chemicals or fertilizers at all. We use uh, central microorganisms, mycelium. We use um, uh, biochar and um, and then natural manure like the chickens. Um, and uh, oh, real quick too, I I've been using instead of saying two kill, kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. I've been using the phrase "inspire two children with one word." <laughs> oh, <laughs> inspire two children with one word. That sounds perfect. Because I mean, early, I mean, half, yeah, I, I love that. Because it was like that's a crazy phrase that came to my mind. I don't know the history of that, but but going back yeah. to this, half a million insect species are going extinct. And that new article that if Oof. these insect species go extinct, our future is also um, not very bright. So. But the permaculture theories, or not theories, practices, way of um, working with the land um, is all about um, respect, deep respect for living systems. Yeah, it is. Um, permaculture is based on natural systems and also indigenous thought and wisdom. So the um, Bill, Bill Mollison, um, he... And uh, David Holmgren, they started observing the natural patterns and things. They started to look at the wisdom of, of the cultures, the indigenous cultures around where they were living and over throughout the world. And that's kind of where they, <coughs> excuse me, where they got the, the, where the foundation of permaculture came from. And so, you know, in nature, there is no waste. Everything is cycled. So that's what we're looking to mimic. Um, we, re- we try to reduce the amount of input that we put into our system. Um, when a system is very, um, depleted, then we do need to, to bring in some things like the inputs, um, for example, soil or compost or organic matter, whatnot, uh, different species. Uh, we look a lot, we look to bring those in and then also biodiversity. You know, biodiversity is the key to supporting these species that are going through extinction, like you mentioned. Um, so not using the chemicals on your lawn, but rather instead of having a lawn, maybe you have a bee, bee yard. Bee yard instead have, of yard. You know, well, we can talk a lot more. I thank you so much, uh, Elena um, Bliss and Elizabeth Dahl from GreenGuilds.org, Green Guilds. Um, and um, you can write to them and make sure you mention that you heard it on Food Freedom Radio. And also thanks to the Friends uh, Plant Cell. Um, and thank you for listening to Food Freedom Radio.